good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey, Kyle. Lil Baron. <laughs> I know. It's another day. Beautiful day, right? <laughs> it is a great day. day. Another day in paradise, yes. I think, is the song. So, <laughs> so Lil, it's, it's, it feels to me like it's been a little while since we've talked about cognitive health on the show. Okay. And uh, so I thought, well, maybe it's time to take a look at that. Dementia. Alzheimer's, those are a grim reality for yes. people. In fact, you and I know people oh, yeah. um, that are either affected directly by mm-hmm. it or are caretakers of those mm-hmm. that are affected by it. So, so with that in mind, there's a couple of things I wanted to share. Uh, I found this article. It's called Five Foods That Increase Your Alzheimer's Risk. Oh. And I'm not going to touch on all five of them. Okay. But uh, these are, I thought, well, you know, this is maybe worth Don't knowing. Don't tell me Cheetos. I'm going to tell you. No Cheetos. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to like any of them, right? Darn it. None of us, none of us are going to like any of them. Great. But uh, they have found some connections between some of the okay. things that we're eating and, and the potential for Alzheimer's or dementia. So we do talk a lot about diet on the show. And oftentimes when we're talking about diet, we're thinking about the long-term effects of food and what it has on our waistline, right. the way that we, you know, we, we gain weight or our muscles or our heart health. Right. We don't often draw connections between our mental health right. and long-term diseases like dementia or Alzheimer's with the food that we eat. Right. But a lot of research is now showing that there is a connection and we ought to be thinking about that. So um, according to the National Institute on Aging, science has begun to reveal that some of the foods we eat can potentially increase the risk of Alzheimer's disease later in our life. And I just want to share three of them. Okay. I know you're not going to like any of them. I, I don't like any of them. I'm just going to say, right, I don't right. like any of them, but we're going to, we're going to do, okay. jump into them here. Number one, sugary cereals. Oh, I'm okay with that. You don't like sugary cereals? I'm not. Oh, a, yeah. I, I love Fruit Loops. Oh, no, no, um, no. Lucky Charms or whatever. I, I, that's, that's good stuff to <laughs> me. So, so okay. So you're Cheetos. safe on that one. You're safe on that one. <laughs> Many health officials believe that there is a dissonance between the stomach and the brain that contributes to developing Alzheimer's. So this is, this is a little bit complicated, but follow, follow this quote. Uh, the common finding that, they've, that they're finding is that the disruption of the gut-brain axis through transmission of abnormal proteins through the vagus nerve that sends signals from the gut to the brain. This is according to Dr. Christine Bishara. She's the founder of From Within Medical. Uh, She says, because of the decrease in gut diversity and the increase in inflammation, we believe these pose significant links to the development of Alzheimer's and dementia. So basically there's just dissonance. We're putting bad stuff in our stomach and our brain is like, we don't like that. And then it's, they're thinking that it's developing those amyloid plaques possibly because of this stuff. One of the biggest known contributors that can increase this kind of inflammation comes from the form of sugary cereals. So sugary cereals, especially the non-organic ones, have glyphosate, which is a common pesticide sprayed on corn crops. And that's been showed also to lead to a disruption in the gut microbiome. So maybe we want to take a look at cutting back on some of those sugary cereals. Number two, cookies. Oh, I hate that. You eat cookies, right? (laughs) Yes. Everybody eats cookies. We all like cookies, right? Here's what they say. Any packaged cookies or sweets with added ingredients, such as high fructose corn syrup, hydrogenated oils, or sugar, as the first ingredient contributes to Alzheimer's risk. That's again, according to Dr. Bashara. Uh, cookies also contribute to gut inflammation, which we just talked about. And while they can prove tempting, 
Very. Yeah, very. <laughs> uh, they recommend that we try to stay away from these sweets as much as possible to make sure that you don't succumb to Alzheimer's disease later in life. The last one, we've been talking about this one actually Uh-oh. a little bit over the last couple of weeks, diet soda. Oh. So if you believe that you're going to get away with uh, getting your soda <laughs> by simply replacing regular soda with a diet version, uh, unfortunately, bad news, right? Oh. Diet sodas with all artificial sweeteners are also gut disruptors and decreased diversity. This is, again, according to Dr. Bashara. She says the only exception is stevia, which I know that you've used yes. stevia, uh, which is a naturally occurring sweetener. But she says, I would still limit that since we don't know long-term effects and the studies that come with it. Because of last week, I'm off Stevia. Oh, you're cutting back on Stevia. Yes. Well, there you go. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm off of Stevia, but I'm, I'm glad that you've taken that step. Lil, today's guest. Oh, I know. I'm so excited. We're excited. An incredibly accomplished master's runner, Mr. Dan King, is joining us today. Dan is a retired entrepreneur which uh, might be a good topic for another time. But today yeah. we're going to focus on his success in athletics. Listen to this. This okay. is pretty incredible. I'm excited. In 2011, world masters gold medal for the men's 50 plus in the 8K cross country. Wow. In 2012, winner of the CEO challenges, first ever world's fittest CEO competition. Whoa, That's pretty cool. That is. In 2015, the men's 55 plus gold medal at the U.S. Cross Country Championships and the Club National Cross Country Championship. And then most recently, in 2020, he ran an unratified men's 60-plus world outdoor track record for the one mile. Listen to this time, Lil. Okay. Four minutes, oh. 49 seconds, point zero eight. That's 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 blazing. Blazing. And then pending ratification for the men's 60 plus outdoor track records for the mile, the 3K and the 5K with incredible times. The 5K, 16 minutes, 48 seconds. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. That's my mile time. My mile time is about in the 16 minute range. So, Dan, we're we're so glad that you could join us. Welcome. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You're just making me chuckle all over. (laughs) Incredible times. Holy cow. I wonder if he eats cookies. (laughs) Inquiring minds want to know, Dan. Yes. Um, So I love cookies, um, (laughs) but I do not eat sweetened cereals. Um, Okay. All right. And can I add one point? I am super actually um, a curious person and sort of a fairly studied person about nutritional topics. It's been very important to me. Um, I actually am a plant-based athlete. I have been for 12 okay. years, but um, the the point you made about glyphosate was fascinating too, because um, I stopped eating any non-organic grains period, because one of the things that's happened in modern farming is they use glyphosate as a desiccant to kill a crop so that they can harvest it uniformly. Okay. So it's sprayed on beans. It's sprayed on oats. It's sprayed on soy, it's sprayed on corn, it's sprayed on really all the major crops at the harvest end of the season. And so non-organic grains usually are going to be, uh, have some amount of trace level of glyphosate. Almost every oat product that's not organic will have some trace glyphosate. And so, and I believe that's a very, very toxic thing to our health. And I think it's very smart that you're advising people to stay away from foods that have glyphosate. And again, they're, you know, they're finding out all kinds of things, but they're definitely making that connection to Alzheimer's. And listen, I'll, I'll just say, I don't, I don't have the answers. I don't know. I, I read these articles and, I, and I'm trying right. to inform myself and, you know, sometimes it resonates with me and sometimes it doesn't. But um, I think we all can acknowledge that there is a 
there has been a massive increase in Alzheimer's and dementia in our country. And it has to be connected to something in our environment. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's this uh, pesticide, maybe it's the herbicides, maybe it's the, the, you know, maybe it's the cell phone towers. Like I I don't feel like I know what the answers are, but there has to be something in our environment. That's that's I completely agree. I kind of feel like the foods that create plaque in your arteries that give you heart disease probably are also creating some of those plaques that um, give you brain it brain dementia sense, types right? of things. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that wow. uh, that that touch point. Yeah. Because too. yeah, I'm I'm talking about he's fast. Yeah. He's very handsome. <laughs> I, and I know it's radio, but but believe me, this is a handsome guy that we're looking at here, and he's smart as well. And he's smart. the whole package. He's yes. the whole package. So, Dan, like we we do want to get into some of these things that you've accomplished as a yeah. runner. I'm I'm curious. Have you have you always been an athlete? Is it something you did as a little kid in high school, or was it something you picked up later on in life? Oh man, it's a uh, such a fair question. I, I grew up in a, in a running family because my dad was a competitive runner in his prime, actually aspiring to make the U S Olympic team oh, wow. in middle so distance. And so, yeah. and my dad was also OCD about running. So <laughs> I don't think he could miss a running day and feel good. It was the funniest thing growing up. You know, my yeah. dad would be, we'd be ready to get in the car and go on a road trip. And my dad had to get a six mile running before we could leave the house. <laughs> and you can imagine the stress it was creating in my family. Where's dad. And then he had to get home and take a shower. He had a shower, right? <laughs> exactly. In the back seat of the station wagon. Mom right. Talking the horn, looking at her watch. Exactly how it, was, it would play out. It's pretty funny. And, uh, but anyway, but my dad was so passionate about it. He was also passionate about healthy aging and healthy living. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of my siblings, I have two sisters and one brother, the four of us are within five years apart. And we all took up the sport of running in high school. Um, I actually took it the farthest because I took it high school to college and ran pretty much my um, entire um, college career at University of Colorado Boulder. But my little sister, she might call her little, she's just turned 60. <laughs> she, has, she has five American records. Wow. wow. For masters for uh, women's 55. Her name's Laura Bruce. And, uh, and then my, my younger brother was a tremendous runner and my older sister, Christy was a tremendous runner. So we all, we all got into the sport because of the influence of my dad. We all sort of had a different relationships with it, but it's definitely been one of the glues that has bonded my family together for a very long time. Well, it's, I, I have to go there because I have to, it sounds like it really runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you saw that one coming. I did. Well, I, I did. I know him. <laughs> so, but that's awesome. I, I, I yeah. think that is really cool that um, not only that your dad could be an example and really it sounds like a pioneer yeah. in, in a lot of ways because um, you know, during his time when he was, you know, entering his golden years, a lot of people weren't thinking or, or, or caring about, you know, active aging and, and whatnot. And it sounds like he's been a great example and you've obviously been able to continue on in that same vein. So that's awesome. That's, that's exactly right. My dad, when he was in his early fifties, he still has, I think the sixth fastest uh, 50 year old time in the Boulder Boulder. So, wow. it, you know, he was, he was, he stayed serious. He, his career kind of got cut short when he had a really bad, um, leg break at in a ski accident oh. so he never really ran competitively after that but up to that point my dad you know he just continued to you know you see your dad even into his 50s you know aspiring to to stay fit um and run and run fast it was it was very it's it's clearly motivating because i see it in all my siblings and i see it in all my siblings children as well yeah. <laughs> 
How yeah. cool is and, that? And what my kids as well. And your kids too. So what a, what a family legacy. And, and obviously you've been able to continue on and have a, an incredible amount of success. I just mentioned a few of the things. I know there are other awards and, and championships and races that you have won. And uh, that's a lot of consistency. What do you contribute to your ability to, to, to maintain that, that high level of consistency over literally over decades? Um, I think I have, I chose, so, you know, we have different things that influence us sometimes fairly profoundly in our lives, things that we come across, you know, I'm a pretty avid reader. Um, My entrepreneurship journey was very much influenced by certain things that I was very impacted by that I read. Um, And I, I read a book um, in my forties and it was called um, younger next year. And the basic premise of this book was that, um, that once we are over the age of 40, inactivity sort of correlates to decay, yeah. like physical decay, like our bodies are programmed to start basically breaking down. And one of the ways, the most effective ways to sort of fend that off is through regular exercise. And up to that point, you know, I would run or I would take breaks. I would get injured. If I got injured, I wouldn't do anything until I got healthy again. And after I read that book, I thought, you know, going into my senior years here as a master's athlete and beyond. And I don't want to age at an accelerated rate. Um, so I just redefined myself instead of being a runner. I define myself as an athlete. Okay. Um, and I said, I'm going to stay cardio fit, whether I can run or not. And that's sort of been my mantra for two decades now. So I doubt that over the last two decades, there's been even a month where I haven't been at a fairly high level of cardiovascular fitness. Um, and then I run when I can and I run when my body stays healthy enough to allow me to kind of compete at a high level. It's not yeah. all the time. I've had lots of problems with plantar fasciitis. I've missed years at a time because of that injury. Um, I hate that thing, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when it's, when it's good, it's been good, you know, for the last couple of years, then it really lets me just, you know, compete at a high level as a runner. But even when it's bad, I just train, I cross train so much, you know, I cycle, I do elliptical training, I hike, I'll cross country ski, I'll, I'll pool run. There's so many different ways to just keep your heart moving and, and working and, and maintain fitness. And I just feel like, man, if there's a lesson I could convey the importance of just being dedicated to staying cardiovascularly fit sort of week in and week out throughout your life, just sets you up for successful aging and, lots of fun things to come. I think that's so true and so important yeah. and, and so apparent in the success that you've been able to have. I, I love that you, um, you know, you touched on some of the the challenges as well, because I think a lot of times it's, it's very easy for someone to look at the success that you've had and think, Oh, it must be easy for him. And you know, that's just the way that he is. Um, but I also want to touch on this and I want to come back to running in just a second. Um, I love your, your approach to CrossFit and, and to cross training, I should mm-hmm. say, uh, because there is so many things, you know, sometimes we just get stuck in a rut of, well, if I, if I'm not running, then I'm, then I'm, I'm not doing it right or whatever, but there's so many things. And you mentioned just a handful of them, but cycling and, you know, pool running, uh, the elliptical machine, all those things can go a long ways, as you said, to just provide us the the healthy lifestyle that all of us want. I mean, we don't, none of us grow up and and start, you know, getting older thinking, oh, I can't wait until I'm, you know, obese and unable to get off the couch. None none of us feel that way. Right. Uh, 
but sometimes we let it we let it creep up upon yeah. us, yeah. sort of like gradually. It's a gradual than sudden concept, right? Yeah, it's the small, subtle changes that are happening because we're sort of being inattentive to it, and then suddenly we realize we look in the mirror and we go, well, "I just can't do the things that I used to love to do," and age shouldn't be an excuse for that. It really shouldn't, you know. And you know, when you think about what's important in life, you know your health should be really, really high up on the list. And so if you can't make time for your health, then sort of what's the point of everything else that you are right. making time for? I get we all have to make livings and whatnot, but, but you know, we all, we all ought to feel some sense of obligation to ourselves yeah. um, to, to, to maintain and, and manage, you know, to a high level of health. Well, and the ripples and the circles of that can expand, you know, because maybe your motivation is trying to have the life that you want, but, but consequently, you end up, you know, able to, to care for aging parents for a longer and a better way, uh, being an example to your children, being available to your grandchildren. There's so many ripples that come from that that uh, just extend. I, I do want to circle back around to, to running. Now, 2020, it had to have been a challenging year for a runner with all the events and races that were that were canceled this year, right? Right. Well, so... You know, I have this, uh, I have this, one thing I like to do is I'll, I'll kind of think about an upcoming year around this time of year, for example, and yeah. I'll think, what is it would, that would be really fun for me to go pursue? What are the big events that might be fun to compete? Are there world championships that might be fun if I'm healthy, right? Mm-hmm. What are the, what are the things that I want to basically um, put in onto a race calendar? And last year was no different. I did that. In fact, I, I had a thing taped up to my mirror of all the races I thought might be might be interesting in, in 2020. And, and the first one was in, well, there was a, the U S cross country championships in January, which I actually ran in, but then the next one wasn't until May and it was the mile run. Um, yeah. Because I thought I had a very legitimate chance uh, to break the U S uh, road mile record. Cause it struck me as a bit of a soft record, something that I thought was very much within my capabilities. And so I identified a race, in California, put that on my calendar. And that's what I was training for at the beginning of the year. But I also had a, there's a famous race in California called Dipsy, which goes from sort of that redwood forest to the, to the ocean. And my dad had won that a couple of times. And I really thought that would be awesome to try. It's hard to get in, but I thought, you know, I'm going to try to get into that. I wanted to do the world championships in um, Canada in July and a couple of other events. So I had this really rich calendar and then COVID happened. I was like, oh right. man. <laughs> <laughs> Quote. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I was in Las Vegas watching the Pac-12 basketball tournament. I'm a big CU bus fan. And, uh, and pretty much you just could start to feel that everything's closing down energy. That was about when it was all happening. You and watched so, the dominoes fall. Didn't yeah. yeah, really. Even the tournament got canceled while we were there. It's like, yeah. all right, this is just, uh, this is going to be a bad thing. It's going to last a while. So, you know, you, it's kind of de- a little bit depressing in a way you kind of sit there and go, ah, oh, what was me? This was going to be a fun year and unhealthy. And now there's nothing. But the funny thing that happened to me was I went home and I said, well, I've been training a little bit for the mile. That was going to be my first focus. How fast can I just do a mile in Colorado? So, so I did a time trial, went really well. It was, I ran 5.10 at altitude on the track, just a couple of people watching me. And I was like, okay, that was good. Yeah, you know? that's great. That was, faster than, that was faster than that road mile record. And I did wow. that at altitude. So, but then about three weeks later, I did another um, – road i did another time trial my daughter's boyfriend was visiting he paced me through a mile and i ran 503 and i was like okay so i knocked seven seconds off my mile time in three weeks 
And when I looked at what the sea level equivalent was, it was about 456. And I was like, oh man, that's like really fast for this age group. And so that's what got my, my energy sort of um, directed at, at the mile at the beginning of the year. And I really was enjoying the, I'll call it the, the training uh, for the mile because I have not ever been a miler. I wasn't a mile in college. I wasn't a miler at any point in my life. But all of a sudden, I'm just I'm finding something that's giving me a kind of a new bounce in my step, a new energy for my training, because it was a completely different event, and it requires kind of a different approach. So it was just, it's just kind of, kind of funny how the serendipity said, okay, why don't you take your year this direction? So you did, obviously, and, and uh, then your, your training kicks in, and you're having this, these successful times. Um, where is it that you ran this? this and I guess it's, it hasn't been uh, certified yet, right? Can, can it still be certified or for the mile? Well, so, so my, my best mile I ran in Columbia, South Carolina um, at a university, um, Columbia International University on their track. And that result was 449 that you mentioned. Yeah. And that result will just be, uh, I'll call it a pending ratification or an unratified record. Um, it's on Wikipedia as such. It, I, it will never get ratified because the only records that will be ever be ratified by U.S. track and field are, are in their sanctioned events. Right. And this, this event did not get sanctioned. So, so therefore they won't, event. they won't look at it as a record And the world. The world body that ratifies records will only look at the sanctioning body of that country. Right. For records. So, that. so it just, it, it sort of ends there, but Holy cow, what a time. Yeah. So uh, right. that, that, all that means is just stick, keep that level where you're at. And then, right. you know, we're going to hit 2021. We're going to start to see some sanctionings happen. I think. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, you'll be I'll, I'll take another that. shot at in 21. I'll, um, I'll be a year older, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm confident in, in my approach to my training and my commitment to the sport. And I think I can, I think I can maintain or, or get back to the, the, the quality of running I had this year, even though I'll be a year older. So that's yeah. sort of my, my outlook right now. Awesome. By the way, I run, I ran three consecutive or not consecutive. I've run three miles on that same track. And my average time on that track is faster than the world record. <laughs> so I've been very consistent. Only one of them was better than the world record, but it was so much below that the two others that were very close, but not quite your average average of all three times is hold it, under. Man. Well, under Dan, that's, record. that's amazing. And uh, just, just incredible. We've only got about 30 seconds left, believe it or not. The time just flies. Um, any advice that you have for people who are listening and, and wondering how they can you know, maintain a, a, a level of health? Um, you, know, uh, you know, the things that have really helped me out um, in my uh, career, I, I really think my decision to go plant-based has been a huge help. I just feel like it really supports my ability to maintain good weight and stay very cardiovascularly fit and recover well recover fast. I mean, that's my, my bias, but I think it's been, it's been worth its weight in gold. You have to get plenty of sleep. You have to tend to the little details. Um, I think the fact that I've added a lot of strength work to my routine has really helped me as an athlete this year. So I just do it a couple of times a week, but I do, I do a lot more with weights and weight dumbbells and things like that. And then um, I think it's super important to be, if you want to continue to run well, it's like your mobility. You know, the one of the things that I think really hampers people as they age is they, they sort of lose range of motion. Yeah. They lose sort of the flexibility, the 
stride length gets shorter and choppier because, you know, they're just, you have to attend to a lot more things as you get old that aren't just in my cardio fit, you know? Yeah. So that would be my advice is tend to the little things too. Great, great counsel. Great advice. Thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. Thank and, you. And wow. Best of luck moving forward. We, yes. we expect to We're see gonna that. We're going to be watching you. That record. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I hope so. It's going to be fun. I'm super, I'm already excited for 2021. I'm giving myself a little bit of a, a rest right now, but I'll get yeah. back into it in a week or so. Awesome. Yeah, that's me too. I'm resting. Well, best, <laughs> best, best of luck, seriously. And uh, happy holidays as well. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. It was a very enjoyable conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. So Lil, yes. just wow. I know. Yeah, just just incredible stuff. But just to wrap things up, a couple of of invitations. We want to invite people to head over to Mm -hmm. the50over50.com. You're going to find a bunch of great stuff there. We've got our entire list of the fittest 50 people over the age of 50 that are doing just amazing things. We've got uh, the Rocking Us 50 Over 50 as well. And of course, you can nominate your change maker. We also want to encourage you to hit up thisisyourepic.com to register and learn more about epic virtual events. We've been talking about running and 5Ks. Uh, for 2021, the Epic Virtual Event will consist of a series of 12 5K that'll be virtual races. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. Involvement medals are just off oh, the hook. They're just beautiful. Amazing. Don't forget that team registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games opens on January 1st. Ooh. So team managers get ready for that. And remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can find this and previous shows right on our website, which is seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought. Okay. It comes from Richard Branson. And he says, if your dreams don't scare you, they're too small. Oh. <laughs> Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.